welcome back to Let Me Ask Ya. The podcast. There she is. As always, I am joined by my good friend and co-host, Clay. We got Boomer in the studio taking a fat nap. And we are joined by the Chris Rocket, who is a phenomenal TV personality and an absolute joy to be around. And from what we know, a prolific ghost hunter. So that's pretty exciting. Oof, prolific. Prolific. So we're here with Chris in the studio. We're going to talk a little bit about him today and some of the stuff that he's been through. I'm super excited. I've been looking forward to this episode since we've talked to you. Yeah, that was quite the dick tease. I was fully prepared thinking that, that the podcast was that day. And boy, was I wrong. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like it a took list a while. Of questions. I listened mm-hmm. to like four episodes of Let Me Ask You. I was like, okay, cool. So, so foster care. Okay. Oh, substance abuse. <laughs> I'm just like writing a, down different things to address. Yeah, there's a 25 question exam at the end of this. You got to answer. If you're not right at all, dude, we don't air the episode. Yeah. I love your podcast, guys. I, I think you guys are doing some really special stuff. I think that you guys in- interview some very interesting guests, whether they be on the fly or plan. I enjoy uh, the self-reflective podcast that you guys do as well. I think that was really cool. It definitely let me know more about Jake and Clay. That's for sure. Well, we seriously appreciate that. And um, Clay will agree with me when I say that um, even one person liking the show is enough to keep us going and enough to keep doing this. Because without you guys, there wouldn't be a whole lot of points you, doing you it, guys so. have been through some shit now i'm from the bronx but you guys have been through some shit uh, guns <laughs> guns and violence and stabbings and oh hang on a second i gotta plug this stab wound give me a second crazy <laughs> just two seconds yeah. to up real quick i mean everybody has their their own cross to bear but chris this is not about clay and my incredibly tragic lives this is about your tragic life <laughs> so starting off strong you are an actor what shows have you been on uh yes I, so i've done i've been pretty lucky enough in my life to have been casted on some shows uh, it's almost impossible to believe that i'm an actor but yeah i i got casted on silent library ink master i did ink master twice actually um i did uh a, a huge show on VH1 called Twinning. I was able to do uh, Jerry. I was able to do uh, different shows as far as I, I even did a Big Brother that filmed and did not ever air. <laughs> I think someone got arrested maybe and, and they never aired it. And I've been looking on Reddit boards because there's people making up threads that think that the Ink Master episode that I did is not available because of me, but I think that another cast member had some crazy legality stuff going on and they couldn't air that episode. But the Reddit thread fully, and the Reddit community fully thinks that it was me and that I have some sort of lawsuit going on with Viacom, and I can assure you that's not the case. Though it sounds lovely. <laughs> Did you always want to be an actor, or was it sort of like a spur-of-the-moment thing? Um, it was definitely a spur-of-the-moment. I, I, I began playing music and writing music uh, in my early teenage years, and that graduated to being in a band, and eventually front-manning, and co-front-manning, and... Once the weight loss happened, uh, that's when uh, networks started to call and uh, expressed interest in having me on. Uh, usually, when I was doing casting calls as a heavy person, it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, I wasn't getting calls. <laughs> yeah, there, there's people that will go like their whole lives trying to, like that's their goal. Even as a kid, is to be an actor, and then they'll they'll pack up shop, they'll use all their savings, they'll move to California, they'll try to make it big, and then they just fall flat. And it's kind of <laughs> impressive that you were able to find your way um, in the TV scene. 
Well, I'm in New York City. It's like there's like a casting call every other day here. <laughs> it's really about finding where to look and, and finding out, oh, okay, Viacom's doing a casting over here and, you know, Fox is casting over here and you can go and, you know, if you get on that line and you're willing to stand there, like you'll get through. Before the opportunities with Viacom, what is it that you did? So I did basically band stuff. I was playing in a band called Red Rocket and Ready Steady Ghost. And yeah, and those were my bands and they did pretty well for locally, you know, like we were pretty fairly known in the Bronx, uh, which to me was a big deal because I was raised in CB Hollow. So I'm kind of a suburb kid up until the age of 18 where I went to the city. Uh, but yeah, man, like I, I enjoyed um, doing that stuff. And then I also did ghost hunting um back in like the early 2000s era like when ghost hunters came out and then what there was paranormal state and paranormal rape and all these other shows about ghosts and i got i got super into it 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 fascinated the hell out of me and i i started reading books about the different pieces of technology and i started learning about how it all works and then i was able to um what's the word when you work under someone uh Intern, you know, I was able to intern. Thank you, with uh, some real ghost hunters. That <laughs> I really... said uh, understudy. <laughs> the yeah, ghost hunters. Exactly. So I was able to like do that kind of stuff, and it went pretty well. I was able to do about a hundred investigations, but my interest in it kind of diminished a little bit. Um, you know, I, had, I remember I had a moment where. And I'm not going to say who it was with, but there was a very big show called Ghost Hunters, and there was one of the lead heads of that show that was having a cigarette in Eastern State Penitentiary in Philadelphia. And I paid to, you know, ghost hunt with the ghost hunters thing. And I remember he was smoking a cigarette. I went out there and I was like, yeah. So I got to know. And he was like, before you ask, it's television. And he just gave me a look. And I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> I was just, I was going to ask, um, as much as you're allowed to say, how much actually goes into it? How much of it is real? And then how much of this is like manufactured? Cause they're like reality shows, right? But like, come on, dude. Like there's no way that, that that's how people in real life act. Absolutely not. And not just that, like as a ghost hunter, if I'm investigating somewhere and things happen and it does get a little spooky sometimes, the last thing I'm going to do is haul ass. Like, I drove God knows how many hours to get here. <laughs> I'm holding a camera. I've been asking for you to come out and show yourself. Once you do it, I'm not going to, like, scream, oh, and run. Like, that's so not realistic. Mm-hmm. Not just that, but, like, I've done 100 investigations. Let's call it 100. I'm going to round it out. I don't know how many it's been uh, to the T. I know it's been over 90 because those I counted. And, man, like, maybe... I have like four experiences out of 90 something, maybe a hundred something investigations that I really can say that was some paranormal shit. (laughs) I'm talking like maybe 4% of the time something will be there, but most of the time it's just like, no, you don't have a ghost. You have rats. There's droppings right there. (laughs) Those are the ghost droppings. Yeah. Like when people, like I used to have a number for people to call and I used to have an email and it was always the same thing. I hear scratching in my walls at night and it's like, Oh, I wonder what that is. <laughs> probably being burgled. Yeah. Or, or rats. It's a common thing. Like people like, you know, they think that they have a demon and it's just like, no, there's droppings right there. I promise you like, you know, what you're hearing at night is probably that. Um, but at the same time, there are occasions where things are pretty unexplainable. And um, I think I, I took a trip to a place in 
Louisville, Kentucky, called uh, Waverly Hill Sanitarium. This by far is the most haunted place <laughs> I've ever been to in my career as a ghost hunter. That place had action from from the walk-in to the exit. It, it was a pretty terrifying experience. I could see someone holding ass at a place like that because I, I, I basically, should I go into that? Yeah, I would love to hear that. Yes, 100%. Okay, cool. So I, I took a trip out to Waverly Hills Sanitarium in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, the, I flew out there. I, I got my, my tour pass. I bought my GoPro and the chesty and the EMF and everything was, I had a whole kit and caboodle. I looked like I was Ghostbusters. I had like equipment all over me. And, you know, that place is like four floors, um, not including that little body shaft that they have. And, you know, we started the tour. We decided, let's go right for the body shaft. Me and a partner, uh, sh she went down there and I was just like, okay. This doesn't feel good at all. Like, I remember even talking to people in town before I went. And I was like, is that really haunted? Is it really? And they're just like, man, it ain't what you see. It's how you feel. I, there's a feeling in that place. And I didn't understand it until I got there. Yes. It, it feels like you're surrounded by people and that are dead. It feels like you're surrounded by death. And, you know, I'm a social worker from New York City. I've, I've experienced having to key into apartments and finding uh, a client passed away um, or, you know, from suicide or an overdose or, or, or both. And it's happened before. So when that happens, you never really forget. You never forget about moments like that. And it felt like it just happened here. I remember walking in and, and we started down that body shaft. And I remember thinking like, there's someone behind me. I feel like there's someone behind me, even though there's not. And this wasn't my first hunt. This wasn't my first investigation. Like, you know, it, it was maybe my 90th, if, if not. And it did not feel good. Like, it felt sad. It felt creepy. Uh, and then each floor had a different type of experience. Like, when I went to the children's floor, there was toys around. And I remember filming a ball after asking for a long time and sitting in a room can you show us you're here? I have a ball here. And the ball started moving around right in front of me. It was straight up being played with. And there's no wind. I remember even holding up my microphone so that you could hear if there was wind. And I remember reviewing the video. Hype! Because I finally got paranormal footage. And it was just all whitened out by my flashlight that I was using. And I'm like, that makes mm -hmm. no sense. And yeah. for some reason or another, all the footage I got was gone. Like it was just like whitewashed, almost literally, and you know, or lightwashed, if you want to say. Like I remember, the, like looking at the ball, and like it's, where is my footage? Why is it all white? You know, did I suddenly enter into like some realm? It was just very strange. And then, you know, when I left the children's floor, I'm like, okay, I'm leaving, guys. You know, and I said my goodbye to the children. My shirt got pulled from behind, like a good couple tugs in which I'm in the middle of an empty room. There's no one around. People are, are around in other rooms, but they're usually doing their own thing. It's a hunt. It's an investigation. So, you know, yeah, I, I, I remember feeling that and thinking, okay, that just happened, and there's no way anyone's going to know that this happened but me. Great. <laughs> so um, you, I went to the women's floor, which equally had its own thing. You know, you could see things, you know, that it's a sanitarium, where they discovered tuberculosis. So thousands of people died there. And not just that, but 
you can see down hallways, you can see shadows, you can see tons of things, whether it be tricks of the light or tricks of the people that are in there. You know, it's so hard to tell. But when I hit that fourth floor in which they told us you're not allowed to use your flashlight, this is the men's floor. They get angry when you turn on lights. Don't turn on your flashlight on this floor. I'm like, oh. You got to turn on your flashlight, right? No, like I went there. I kept the flashlight off, which definitely made it a lot more scary. But like I remember hitting a room and sitting in there for about five minutes. I always try to go to the center of the room because that's the only way I can know if someone's behind me or not. And I, I remember feeling specifically something coming up behind my neck. And just doing the biggest inhale, like, and breathing out this cold air on my neck. It, I felt the inhale and I felt the outhale uh, of the exhale. And it scared me to death. I was like, okay, definitely over this whole floor. Um, yeah, I mean, like, where do you start when you're like trying to do a hunt and you're used to, I was used to doing like residences. And like little areas, like maybe a library or a doctor's office, things like that, that would call. Uh, this was mm. this place was massive. So it's, it's something I'll never forget, which is why I inked it, because I, I'll never forget that place. I'll never forget the things that happened. I remember even having to leave early because my flight home was about 4, PM, 4 a.m. that evening. So like I couldn't stay for the whole investigation that went well after midnight. And as I was walking out, the security guard guide host was taking me through and I just heard next to me in one of the rooms, you leaving already? And I remember stopping and looking like that, 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 that just happened. And he's like, yeah, yeah, it did. I'm like this, this host, whoever worked the groundskeeper was so used to it that he was just like really casual about it. It was the hardest like, man That's on insane. The <laughs> yeah. That, no. That's the one that's smelling you. They told you not to use the flashlight so he could smell you. Yeah, that's what I thought. And like, I turned on my, <laughs> Don't I mind turned me. on my flashlight. I turned <laughs> on my flashlight when that happened. Cause I was like, fuck that. This is creepy. Like that had to have been a person. Hey, I'm sorry. Sorry, dude. I, sorry. I didn't think you'd hear it. <laughs> oh my God. You smell nice for what it's worth. What it's worth. Your consensus after years of doing this, are ghosts slash spirits real? <sighs> um, Potentially, but probably not. You don't think so? I think that ghosts are absolutely real. There's no doubt in my mind from some of the experiences that I've witnessed that there is life after death. And I've seen things in front of me that I know were not hallucinations uh, and things that I've witnessed with my own two eyes that I know are paranormal. So are they real? Yes. Are they in your house? I highly doubt it. I've, I've always, um, I, cause I don't know how you were prior to the whole ghost hunting thing, but I, I feel like with most things, I, I'm wondering if it's one of those things where you're open to suggestion and part of you is hoping that it's real. And so you like give yourself little clues to, you know, sort of support your side of the argument. I want somebody completely just stone cold callous, like, yeah, spirits aren't real. You die, go to black. I don't want to, I mean, I've had experiences too. But it's like, um, yeah, I just wonder if it's like you have to be open to suggestion to believe those kinds of things. It's definitely helpful to have someone on your team that is purely skeptical because they can pull out things that you never even thought. Like, oh, dude, that's the central air. It just turned on a few minutes ago. That's what you heard. You know, uh, in the first year of me ghost hunting, I was fresh off of the TV high. So I thought every little click and bang was, in fact, a ghost. They are definitely letting us know that they're here. So uh, I was guilty of that at first, mm -hmm. you know? Um, but yeah, after learning and seeing 
that so many things, like someone told me something that we did a debunk once of this house that said, listen, at night when it rains or thunders, there are spirits in this house. And it was somewhere in Connecticut, beautiful home. But it became blatantly obvious by, by the person I was with. He's like, oh, look, dude, these floors are oak. So when there's moisture outside, oak swells. And it starts by, you know, as in most houses, floorboards. So the floorboard by the by the window will creak and it'll work its way down the, the hallway. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. You know, and there's yeah. often so many insanely rational reasons as to why you think you hear paranormal activity. Like people think they hear footsteps and it's like, it's not footsteps. There's actually a squirrel in your attic. You know who doesn't lie about this stuff, though? Dogs. That's, Dogs that's the do worst. Dogs do not lie about this stuff. Dude. You can be as skeptical as you want and then watch an animal. Boomer, when I got him, dude, Boomer was the friendliest. Like, he would not even make a sound at you, dude. I never heard him bark, never heard him growl at anything. When he was, like, the ripe age of, like, nine weeks old, dude, we were chilling on the couch. It was probably, like, midnight, 1 a.m., dude just stops in his tracks and he starts growling at the darkest corner of my apartment talk about being fucking scared like that's instinct dude they don't lie about that type of stuff i also feel like they can see things that we can't a thousand percent dogs and cats and all animals can see things like there's no doubt in my mind that Mm -hmm. if a child can see things like have you seen those videos of like kids pointing or fighting with things there's one really creepy video i'm thinking of when you say that yeah and it's like that stuff in itself like those are the ones that I'm really tricky and skeptical about. Like, how could I pick apart? Like, is someone faking this footage with their kid? Is someone faking footage with their child? Like, you know what I mean? Because yeah. that's the first thing you want to jump to. Is it fake? Is it real? Is it fake? Is the parents but, setting it up? Yeah, which they don't mind doing. <laughs> I don't think that there's there needs to be so much separation between paranormal and scientific. Energy is not created or destroyed, so we die. It has to go somewhere. That dude, I was just gonna say that. Yeah. You know, so. Where's it go? Where does it go? Does it just hang out? Maybe, you know. <laughs> In the aether, just chilling. We we as humans can only see so much light and that's why we see things. I don't see anything. I see the light bouncing off of stuff. So other animals that can see more wavelengths of light than me, can they see that energy? Oh, there's nothing worse than like when I'm on the couch and like my dog starts staring right behind me at the doorway and it's oh, like man. you know, it happens yeah. like it happens from time to time in my apartment, but like I literally just like I brush it off because like when it comes to my personal space, like I'm very dominant. Like this is my space. Like you know, you will not be coming around and moving things around in my space. Like that 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 can that can stop right now. <laughs> does the um, share screen feature? Does it does it share audio too, Chloe? I don't know. I follow these steps. I, cause I, there's a there's this video that's always like freaked me out. Yeah, let's just yeah, let's just see. Is it what I All think right. it is? Is it this one? You guys ever seen this one? See, look how fucking scary this is. That is that terrifying. terrifying. Oh! <laughs> Red that is scary. All right, let me see. Can you guys hear this? I can't hear it, but I can't I hear it, but I know this video. Yes, that kid is not lying. Like I don't yeah. care what anyone says. That kid is not faking this footage. What do you think? I don't. All right, I don't yeah, think look. That this one so, is fake. so she's so she's looking behind her, right? And the one kid here. This kid, she sees, she says she sees something. This kid is saying, no, there's nothing there. You're crazy. And she starts laughing at her. Laughing like a maniac, dude. Look what happens when she turns around and she sees it too. <laughs> dude. <laughs> like what? You can't fake that. Those kids are scared, man. 
I hate seeing that stuff because you know down what down my fucking spine. Trauma in motion right there. That kid's never gonna forget that ever. No, I don't you don't know what they <laughs> what they fucking saw. And kids are so ass at describing shit. Yeah, kids like are they, terrible at describing Like, things. dude, like what did you see? Like, oh there was a there's the guy and like the huh? man. Huh? What guy? <laughs> what do you look like? Like a guy? Okay, great. You know what's interesting too? Did you see the video of the child at the grave site that was like, bye bye, bye bye. Yeah, all sorts. So there's no doubt in my mind that this is real. This is for sure real. But pareidolia is also real. Um, you know, thinking that our brain connecting images in a pile of laundry is real. People think, oh, my God, it's my Uncle Frank in my laundry. And it's just like, no. No. Like, yeah, not. no, it does things to make it's sense. It's just your brain stuff. doing what the brain does. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, that was another tricky thing. I got my um, – when I was in graduate school for psychology, like, I learned so much about how the brain and mind works, you know, especially in mourning when we're mourning at the loss of someone or, you know, so there's so many factors. That's why I, I find it so hard to say, yes, it's concrete and uh, about paranormal stuff. But when the truth be told, like people can, man, I've heard that women going through menopause have so many different emotions and so many different hormones throwing out different energies that it can cause a poltergeist. Cause like a I read, poltergeist? Yes, demons. I read this fascinating paper about it. And I was like, what? What? Everything I know is wrong. So, yeah, it, it's so hard to tell with, 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 with pseudoscience and, and, again, the paranormal. Like, you know, who knows where, like, where we're going with this, you know? I want to uh, loop around, like a big, massive loop around back to your acting stuff. Um, Please. Because I, I, was, I was genuinely curious. So going back on, like, how real is everything? Um, is everything oh, on yeah. there? Is everything that, like, transpires during these shows, is it all 100% scripted? Is there ever, ever any genuine moments where it's just like, okay, this is real, like get this on camera type of shit? I'll give you a perfect example. Uh, and I'm going to say this because I, I did it a long time ago, so I don't think it should be a problem. But I did a show called Silent Library. And uh, even with NDAs, I think I'm, I'm okay to say what, what happened. Uh, we were given basically in advance a long list of possible challenges that could come up on that spool. It didn't say who was going to get the challenges. It didn't say, oh, Chris, you're going to do the bug blow. Where, uh, you know, and then it gives you a definition of, uh, you know, it'll say contestant goes into machine for uh, tick, uh, cash blowing, but it will be replaced with blood or with bugs, things like that, you know, or it'll describe the challenge, but it won't say who gets it. So in a sense, you know, oh, no, the mail ball, you know, when it comes up on the swole. But at the same time, like, you know, you got to kayfabe it, you know, and if you don't, they're going to. They cover their ends. So like before we even start shooting the challenges, we're shooting pickup shots of us pulling down the lever and all of us going, oh, 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 oh. Oh, so they tell you to exaggerate uh, that? Uh, yeah, like you, you film about 10 to 15 shots of that before we even start doing actual challenges. You know what I mean? Because yeah, like they always have like these like really weird like cutaways where it's like they're in the middle of an activity and then they cut to them talking and they're like, how do you feel right now? And they're like, oh, I'm, I'm terrified. It's like, yes. and I know that like, I just don't know like what, I know that it's fake, but I just don't know in what sequence that the, it's fake. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. So it's more like, it's like there's no script with lines, at least in the shows that I've done, but it's more like, Chris, this, I did a show called Twinning. This twin said that you snored so loud, 
you should have bought um, earplugs for everybody. Can you believe that? How does that make you feel? T- tell the camera. Tell the camera. And, like, they're sitting next to a camera. <laughs> and do they want you to react a certain way? Because, like, what if you're just like, oh, I don't give a shit. That's cool. Yeah, I snore. Yeah, if you if you go in there with no like no care given or you're lazy about it, the producer will come into the room and be like, guys, I don't want to hear about your girlfriends at home. I don't want to hear about food and movies. I want you guys to put on a show. We are making a big production here. And all you guys are talking about is stuff from at home, mundane stuff. Like, they're, they're, dude, that oh my god, still that like the show though. I mean, but that that begs the question, dude. Like, how deep does that run? Are you kidding me? It it isn't everything. And, it's television. Not just that, but like, let's 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 take an example. Like, Clay, stop and, and stop and, and simplifying no, a no, complex no, Jake, situation. Don't don't pretend like you don't enjoy watching shows. It's not that I don't enjoy it, but it's just like, <laughs> but imagine like the other end of that, right? Because you always see actors and actresses that are so fucking miserable. And you're like, oh, you have everything. Like, what could you possibly like? Which is to an extent is like true, right? Like, but I mean, still, like, none of it is it any of it like truly art? Like, is it the stuff that like you're able to Absolutely. appreciate too? Do you know what I'm trying to say? Absolutely. So yeah, like I, I like for example, let's take let's just keep it on Silent Library. Silent Library was great because you know you know in advance. Okay, this is what they they're gonna throw at us. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then you get there, and you start shooting. And for example, I start. I kept getting the skull card. <laughs> so eventually, they were like, "Chris, don't pick this round." You know what I mean? Or don't pick this card this round because you know no one else has got a turn to go, <laughs> and you mm-hmm. just have incredible luck today. And things like that. So also they shoot like with Silent Library. We shot like 30 stunts in one day. We were there from morning when we got out, the sun was down. So like half an hour or 20 minutes of video is like heavily edited because we shot at least 30 different challenges that were all of different type of variety that did not make it to air. (laughs) Was there any point during the challenges where you actually got to like be in the moment and enjoy what was happening or is everything fabricated? No, all of them were legit. Like, you know, like when we were told about one of the shoots that we had to do, which was the milk challenge. There was a lot of arguing. All right, you're gonna take the anchovy milk. I can't do the anchovy. All right, I could do the I could do the anchovy milk because it's like a it's like a sauce or you know like so. There's different types of talk about like what we'll do, but at the end of the day, like when that card flips and the milk challenge pops up, and I put down the the jugs of flavored milk in front of them, if the guy sitting all the way to the right picks the least disgusting milk, there we're not gonna have a fight as to who gets what. People are just going to grab what they can to the best they can. And, like, it's all genuine. So, yeah. And then, like, you really don't know what's going to happen. I got a challenge, if I could say, called Bad Surprise. It says a contestant will stand in front of a door in which a bad surprise will come out the other side. I didn't know what that was. So when I pulled that card, we had to leave the studio. They had to set up the door, set up the whole thing. And they say, all right, Chris, come back. Everyone come back. Assume positions. Chris, you're going to get on your knees over here. And action. And that's like, that's how it is. So it's like, oh God, okay, okay we're really doing this. I don't know much about what's really going to happen other than a bad surprise is going to come happen out that bad door. So know? the times where, so obviously the rules are like, you laugh, you lose type of thing. Yeah. So was yes. was there times? So all the times that like they laughed and the contestants lost, was that genuinely like they thought it was funny and they couldn't hold it? Yes. Or were they like, you guys I, need to laugh. So laugh and no, lose for the, for the shot. No, I mean, th- I'll admit, you put five or six friends together at a table, there's going to be laughter regardless. Uh, people are going to break mm-hmm. and they're going to laugh at things. So the laughter wasn't a concern. Like being animated wasn't a concern. Plus like, 
you know, there's a casting process where you meet, you talk, they give you fake stunts, they give you mock challenges, you know, where you all are tested beforehand. So it's like a, a two to three audition process, two to three stages before mm -hmm. you're actually selected to work with. So it's not so much like, oh, yeah, we're going to get this group. No, like there's pretty much processes to know that you're going to be entertaining on camera. But when when that happens and like the, like we're rolling, they do laugh. Like I remember I shot my friend Jerry in the face with a, a T-shirt cannon that was filled with refried beans. I held it loosely because the guy said, you know, don't hold too strong. And when I shot, I, it, it ricocheted and it went right to his face. We're actually holding a, a tortilla. Dude, is this on YouTube? Please tell me that you, you yes. doing this is on YouTube. It is. It is. I, I can show you the link too. I got to send it to you. Um, But yeah, like I, I, and I hit him in the face and every single person on the set broke. The the uh, the host in the back, the serious guy, Zero Kazama, he was breaking. The cameramen were breaking. All you saw was the producers like going like this as they were like laughing. Like we lost that challenge because we all laughed. But we still yeah. got paid for the challenge because that was their highlight challenge of the video. So the cash money, the, the cash prize, right? So you win like however much money. If you win all the challenges, you don't laugh, right? Is that real? Do you guys actually get the money? Yep, we got the money. Yeah, it was all split. And it's definitely a lot more money than you show on camera because they're only showing a tally up of whatever stunts mm -hmm. they picked. But we filmed more and we got approved for more on camera, you know, so like, you know, that kind of thing. And if a talent just goes too crazy and like the directors and producers are breaking, they're going to pay you for it because it was a win to them and they know it's going to be golden footage. Yeah. Is, um, would you say that you don't have to, you can discuss as little or as much as you want is T is starring in TV lucrative. Is that something that would, um, I don't want to downplay your roles, but I guess in like lesser roles than like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, okay, well, like, it's it depends on how it goes. Like, for example, when I did um, Jerry and I was talking smack to the contestants, you know what I mean? That kind of led to me saying, oh, like, there's stuff going on here at in Stanford at the studio where they shoot Maury or the shows that were going on. They were shooting Maury, Jerry, and Steve Wilkos all in the same building. Mm. So it's like, if they like you here... Oh, like, let's bring them over to Steve because it's all the same branch company. When I did Ink Masters, I did it once and I got the inside of my mouth tattoo. You know, it went away the next day. But they called me back because they were like, all right, Chris, like, we got a bigger challenge for you. Like, what do you think of doing this one? And I was like, okay, cool. That sounds cool. It's a double challenge where I got to get tattooed by two tattoo artists. Cool. But then when you get there, they're like, okay, you're going to bring the show, right? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right cool because everyone here is really yeah, nice yeah, yeah, yeah. everyone's really nice everyone's really nice and i'm like yeah i heard you the first time like, you know and it's like heavily hinted <laughs> so what happens if like so you're not the star of a show you're just on the show what happens if there's like a disagreement between you and the producer or one of the actors or how does that usually get hashed out you'll usually be replaced quicker than quick <laughs> So it's just one little discrepancy you're off? I mean, like, if we're talking about me, like, there's never a moment where, like, I'm going back and forth with the producer. No, it's usually just like, all right, we're rolling. And, like, they're just on you. They're on you. Like, oh, is he passing out? Like, no, I stumbled in this hallway. And before, he's passing out, he's passing out. And then, like, there's cameras all up in your face. And it's just like, oh, okay. All right, let me sit down. You know, and that's how it works. And then, like, the cool thing from that is, like, yeah, you'll get called for other opportunities. 
You know what I mean? Like I got called to do other things like twinning uh, because Viacom owns MTV, they own VH1, they own Spike, they own everything. So a lot of my work has been under Viacom. Yeah, so they, they like your moxie and they're just like call him Yeah, they, they yes. They don't want yeah. nice people, bro. They want people that are going to go on there and bring a show. And like I know how to be a nice guy. Like I'm nice with you guys. I'm not cursing you out. But obviously, like this is not that kind of show. <laughs> and you know, it's funny that you say that because Clay and I were watching – your videos prior to like interviewing you and clay and i were like he's kind of a dick this guy an asshole <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was like i hope he's not i like surely he's acting right like surely he's surely not. that's his job and he's acting yeah. yeah like there's no way i would act like that off camera <laughs> you know what i mean and like yeah people see me on the streets all the time and they're just like you're the guy from ink masters i'm like uh-huh they're like oh you're a dick bro i was like don't believe everything you see on television. Yeah, bro. and I got paid for like, it, so yeah, it's I got, yeah, I got paid. <laughs> no, I ain't get paid for Ink Master. You don't know? No, of course not. You get paid for being a human canvas. You are paid a free tattoo by a professional. Oh, that is that's some bullshit. Off. Because I have seen some of those fucking tattoos of that show. Let me tell you, they are not all. They're not all that's good. So insane. if I got fucking paid with a shit tattoo, bro. Scorched Earth. I got paid with the worst tattoo of the day. And there's two of them. <laughs> can we see him? You know what I'm saying? I think I can do this. So. He's taking his pants off. No, he's not. Let's see if Don't hurt yourself. Don't hurt yourself. Holy shit. All right. So this is the first tattoo that I got. This was uh, the lady and a gentleman. Fuck, I hope I can get a good shot for you. Yeah. You're right, so, dude. That does look like shit. Yeah. It, yeah. It's not finished. <laughs> it wasn't completed. And, uh, you know, so, like, they're horrible tattoos. Now, I didn't care when I went into the shoot because I'm like, it's the back of my leg. Who cares? So this was done by King Rock. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, yeah like, the pieces came out. Pieces came out to be what they were. Um, they weren't great pieces. Uh, but it was an amazing opportunity. Um, I thought that, you know, I thought that it was more along the lines of, like, we made a great episode, right? Uh, and, uh, you know, but that it wasn't a conversation. It was just more like, oh, yeah, you're done. Thank you. See you later. And uh, that's how that went. <laughs> I guess I'm surprised of, of like how little chemistry there seems to be. Like, it's all very much like it's like it's like I used to clean gutters as a, as a child. And it's just like mm. it seems like your relationship with these people is the same as like my relationship with the people who own these houses. It's a job. Yeah, we don't very, speak. Like, you know, yeah. like we don't like have any past conversation. I even sent a message to King Ruck, one of the tattoo artists. He had to tattoo himself after what happened with me. And I was like, hey, man, like I, uh, well, I'm not even going to say it on camera, but I sent him a very long message, you know, about like, I, uh, you know, I hope you don't think I was trying to mess with your future, uh, you know, both of you guys. But um, yeah, like, I, I mean, like I also learned a lot about like a lot of those things I like in my mind, because like obviously there's no concrete proof out there but i think a lot of those things are predetermined like who's gonna win kind of thing a, a thousand percent yeah of course um did you did you get to talk to the artist at all on like what you wanted or was it or was it scripted on what you told them you wanted all interaction with the artist was on camera so it was all. genuine you're like i, I do want this i know i don't want that no i don't <laughs> no no no. i'm saying like for the for the for the canvases right you they mm -hmm. it, it seems like on camera it seems like you have a discussion with the artist of what you want and they're like okay yeah i can do that and then they try to like kind of haggle with you to try to meet a compromise is it actually like that or is it just like no this is what you're gonna get you're gonna pretend that this is what you want so when i spoke to um one of the artists i think his name is keith he was very 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 uh compromising 
on what he was like, oh, okay. All right. So we'll do this. All right. We'll do this. We'll do that. You know, like when they were with me, they were super friendly. Uh, even though I was being a pain, uh, they were super, super nice about like, okay, cool. We'll do this then. Okay, cool. No problem. Bum, 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 bum. Uh, it wasn't until like, I, I guess like I had seen the episode post-production that they were like, man, this guy's a sucker. <laughs> <laughs> this canvas is the worst. <laughs> Yeah, they were really upset. And I was like, that's so funny because like when, when I was there, they were the sweetest guys to me. <laughs> but, you know, if you're casted on a reality television show, your job is to steal the show. Steal the show. Like, hands down. You want to get that highlight. You want them to cut the commercial. You want your face to be the one that they cut to before they go to commercial. Yeah, so it's not like a, it's not a campaign to win hearts and minds. It's very much of like every man for himself kind of thing. Yeah, not just that. They don't want nice people. Nice is boring. Like you guys are just going to talk and get get to know each other. Like they don't want that. <laughs> like it's, they made that obvious to me before I even got there. I knew that I knew that like cinema was fake, right? You have it's it's all it's all manufactured. I guess I'm a little saddened though by how like disingenuous it seems. Not the manufactured part, but it also seems as if it's disingenuous. And that seems I mean, that, that, that's a little saddening because it's like the chemistry is not there. I don't think it's disingenuous because most of those shows are a competition. So I'm not here to be your friend. I'm not here to be a friend. I'm here to win this competition. Yeah, but it seems like the, the contestants, it's already predetermined who's going to win these things. Can't be every time. That's my opinion. Uh, it really depends on the production because I, I did a show called Twinning on VH1. And, uh, you know, that was pretty, you know, interesting, like having us go in because like Twinning was a show where they took uh, like 12 sets of twins or whatever, 11 sets of twins, and then they they split them apart, you know? to test their twindom. And you had to go do like challenges where there's a wall between you and you have to answer the same answer, you know, and the twin off. And, uh, you know, when I did that, I was able to see that like a man, like I'm not tight with my twin at all. <laughs> you know, like I don't have as much comment with my twin or like, you know, as these other twins do. There are some twins there, bro, that like I was sharing clothing uh, dressers with that like labeled their underwear. Whoa. Yeah, like like real tight, tight knit twins that like we're not doing well, even though like they're separated by a wall. Like your twins right there. I can hear that bitch fart. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna tell me that's not genuine? <laughs> No, that's the art. That's the magic happening. You look at that show, I was painted as the heavy. Like, me and my twin brother were painted as the heavies, you know? And, and if that's what you're casted as, then, like, that's what you're going to lean towards, you know? And it could be hard because some of these people are so nice. I remember going there and, like, meeting all the twins. And I was like, okay, you're really cool. You're really sweet. Oh, you're really nice. Fuck, I can't. Okay. And then there's one girl. She's like, you snored. We are not going to be friends. I was like, oh, you're going to get it, bitch. <laughs> bingo there's the target bingo. oh and she started with me oh even better perfect i thought that you know I, I i always thought that maybe i wouldn't be too bad on camera but it just seems like it's not fun it's a job no yeah i know i know i clay stop fucking dude stop it's a job bro fuck you like, dude yeah. what do you want and here's it's another work. thing though too like uh, there's certain things you gotta imagine a imagine you don't have your phone because the minute you land in la or wherever you're shooting Production is going to take your phone from you. Boop, thank you. You'll get it back when you leave. So there's no communicating with your family or friends. Then there's the um, the fact that you're pretty much surrounded by alcohol. Surrounded by alcohol. That shit is like, drink, please. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to act know? out. There's rules. You can't speak unless your microphone is on. Um, and then on top of that, there's so much hurry up and wait. Like to do a simple shot of like me arguing with someone i have to wait so that the cameraman can come and redo the lights and 
it's a real production. So there's a lot of like, hold that thought, Chris. And then you gotta, you know. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. I, I'll, I'll humor you, right? Yes, it is a job, right? So is everything else, right? But these actors, when they're done, but that's the point of acting. Your outside life, that's what people still view you as. So you're like, you're in this fucking little like echo chamber of manufactured reality. And then you go out into the real world and it's like you still have to maintain a certain image, especially if you're more famous, right? Because that's like the standard that people hold you to. Dude, if I'm working as a fucking, dude, I don't, like name it, dude. If I'm a security guard, right? Like who gives a shit? Like I've, like, I can still be me. Yes, because there are public figures and there are private figures. When you're an actor, mm. your life is your job. I understand your that, brand. Like, you're going to sit here and say that it's not kind of sad. Your brand is your job. I wanted to interject because, like, all right, so as you guys saw, like, I was just doing little little parts, like Ink Master, Twin Ink. These, and they're all really spread out, you know, in time. Two years later, I did this. You know, it wasn't like I was a full-time actor who got full-time back-to-back gigs. It was very much like... Oh, I got casted. Yeah, and he's getting recognized in the street as a guy that was an asshole. Yes, exactly. So, like, when you interview outside of that, it could be a problem. Like, when people interview you, like, for like, I, I'm a social worker. I was doing foster care. So, when I interviewed there, they were like, so we see that you have uh, a lot of television time and screen time. Like, do you see that getting involved or being a problem in your work, et cetera, et cetera? Or, like, one place wouldn't hire me because they felt I was too distracting to the kids that the kids were going to be too distracted by the guy from television See, and exactly. my language. So that could be a problem. But on the other hand, if you want to do something like, I, like when I did twinning for about three months during that summer of the airing of the show, because like, like not just that, like these shows are filmed so far in advance than when they come out. It's crazy. When it came out, like maybe a year after I shot, two years, maybe a year and a half after I shot it. So when it came out, I was doing guest bartending at this bar, uh, showing up at this bar, Guest appearances, so you can do things like, oh, like every Wednesday when the show is airing, I would go get paid under the, like paid cash to go to bars and be a guest bartender and take selfies with people and tell people to shut the fuck up, <laughs> you know, and stuff like that, because that's what people wanted to see. Yeah, see, dude, it, it's like you lose your fucking life. You choose. I mean, okay, yes, I guess you're but still you, a victim of choice, right? Get, okay, hey. I get that. I understand that. But it's like you lose your life because you have to become the character that people expect you to be. If I'm a fucking proctologist, I could just do that during the day, be fine with my job and then go home and also be me and be fine it's I like it's the different. long and short of this is jake is not cut out to be an actor oh my god or a proctologist i'm not cut out to be either one like, <laughs> think about this way what's your price what's your price like i know for jerry it's 1800 1800 you come on there and you you it's um, not like they're actually cheating with like they're each other's cousin but they're just like yo like they're casting like you want to go do this like it says like if you're fucking your cousin come on here you know and it's just like just two buds down in the sticks that are just like oh let's go do this 1800 and a trip to new york or and a trip to stanford make a quick 1800 bucks clay we should we should go on jerry springer we should but go I'm, on jerry i'm just springer. saying when when you get into the thick of it dude it just seems like that's why you see so many of these big Hollywood actors just go down the fucking drain and they just seem miserable because they just get indoctrinated into the society where you have to pretend to be someone constantly and they lose some fucking sense of reality, lose all touch with who they were. I get it. It was their choice. They're getting paid. Choice. I'm just saying everyone else can have a career too, but they get to be themselves and live their life. Once you're in that like status, it's like you lose all sense of self. You're, you're, you are now and forever a character that has to uphold an image. I don't, I, I don't follow that shit at all. 
if you believe what you saw on TV, you're a fucking moron. There <laughs> like, we I'm go. Very there straight it is. up with people. You're an idiot. <laughs> no, you it's not you even. On TV, you're oh stupid. Yeah, I go. I go off on people. I go off. Listen, that's television. Stupid. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's reality TV, not actuality. So don't believe every. Like, I'm quick to check people because you know people see that they're like, wow, like you were so funny, which is their like polite way of saying you were such. And an you're asshole. like, okay, well I'm not, so shut up. I'm not. <laughs> Welcome to the real fucking world, okay? But you know what? To, to bring it back, and I'll be honest now, TV dead. It's over. Oh, yeah. It's done. Yeah, dude, it's done. There's nothing left but re- but reality dating. Let's put people on the spectrum into a dating show. You know what I'm saying? It's just like there's nothing left but dating shows. That shit is fucking scripted. (laughs) Oh, you're going to get married after two weeks? Really? Yeah, all right. Okay. Get the fuck out of here. I'm just saying, surely surely you both see some semblance of my side to this conversation. Yes, because I wasn't a a big actor. Like, you know, like you said some sweet words to me about me being an actor. I'm like, no, I I feel like I'm just a guy that happened to have gotten casted on a bunch of cool reality shows. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yes, I do love acting. And as you can see, when it's time to be an asshole, I could flip that switch real quick and like go that route, you know? But uh, I'm not going to lie. Like after 90 days, everyone forgets. I get inboxes here and there, people that recognize me in the street here and there. And I always say the same thing. You remember that shit? Like I was only on like two episodes. Can you give us a little bit of that? Like flip this, flip, flip it real quick before we start talking about your your projects sure. and stuff. Pretend that like um, Clay needs to shave your head, and you're just not gonna have it. You need to <laughs> convince Clay that this is not happening. Oh, I wouldn't be agreeing to that shoot where we have to shave my pillow. Sorry, you can't do this. But I'll tell you what. I'll tell you one thing. Like, yell at Clay. Cuss at him. I'm ready. Because I'm coming. Clay, get the, the fuck out of here. Listen. You must be you must be out of your fucking mind if you think you're gonna fucking touch me with that fucking razor. <laughs> I don't know where where you bought that mop that you call hair, but it's time. Listen, this hair is a fucking gift. All right, it's still here. It's still queer. <laughs> good, good. Okay, I'll I'm broke. Get my I'm broke. I can't. All right, Clay, Sorry. you're fired. Sorry, he, I love okay. that Jake's just like, yeah. Can you cut a promo real quick on Clay? <laughs> Dude, I need to get your kind of confidence about him shaving my fucking stash, dude. I'm lagging all over the place, too. You don't like your fucking porn stash? I like it. Clay is on this fucking war path. Clay has some nerve. It. He has a fucking... He has one himself. There's there's only room for one mustache on this podcast. <laughs> he, claims, he claims his is superior to mine. That's oh, because man. it is superior, Jacob. Jake, it is a little... His is a little thicker. Don't say it. Don't say it. It's a little thicker. <laughs> it's a little fuller. Fucking say it. But at the same time, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. You know what, Clay? I bet you... I bet you more men hit on me than they hit on you. I'll bet you that more men hit on me. More men hit on me than either <laughs> one of you combined. I'll tell you that much. You have no idea. I went to a rave, like, five dudes, not a single woman. Yo, it's a real thing. I went to Costa Rica with my mother and these guys hitting on me left and right in front of my girl. And they're like, oh, this is your girl? I'm like, yeah. They're like, oh, that changes everything. I'm like, yeah. You know, like, I think it's because my hair is the bi flag. So people think that, like, maybe I'm bisexual. I don't know. It could be a thing. I don't know. I, I But I'm also feminine as fuck. I got makeup. I got eyeliner. I got nail polish. My personality has been described as he's not gay. So... Yes. Listen, Jake, I'm raining in all the bears, okay? All the men, they flock, okay? Me, you, drag show, whoever gets more free drink wins. What do you say? Fuck it. Yeah, Let's I'm do down. It. Okay. No, not a drag show. It would have to be, we'd have to go to like a gay, like a strip club, like a men's club. 
it, right? Okay, that's entertaining TV. Okay, if you ask me. We would have to. You would have, would have to go to like a gay bar and like perform a show, not as drag, just as men. Sure. And we'll just yeah. We'll no, no, I'm saying there. we just go. We just go. You and I. We go to this place. Okay. We are we are not spotlighted at all. Nothing. Okay. Nothing about either one of us is spotlit. So okay, so we're just gonna see how many men we could get to yes. hit on us. Yes. So whoever gets oh, more drinks wins. Know. Whoever gets more free drinks wins. I think that if you guys have a camera person I, following you around filming you, you're gonna get hit on by a lot of people. <laughs> I know it's me. I just Not know though. I know for a fact it's me. Yes. Moving on. No, I wanna fucking do this now. You do it right now. It's four PM on a Sunday. Fuck it. It's the Lord's <laughs> Day. Chris, as your tagline promptly alerts the audience on Patreon as they watch the video, founder of Ready Set Productions. Tell us about Ready Set Productions. What is that endeavor? Oh, Ready Steady Productions. Steady. Yes. I'm so sorry. you fucking, fucking fuck. idiot, dude. Dumb, it's okay. Fucking it's ruin okay. everything. I can't read. Oh. I also can't read. So. Yeah, Supreme Editor. More like supreme dyslexia. So, uh, yeah. So as, as I was mentioning earlier, I, I think personally, this is my opinion, by the way. Like I, I, I'm speaking as though it's fact. And this is my opinion. I feel that TV's dead. I feel that TV's done. The art of just doing things, getting people's genuine reactions without the washing of editing, without the washing of Frankenstein. I've heard my own voice Frankenstein in those shows. Like I definitely didn't say that. Someone cut up my words and put it into a sentence and said Whoa. that. Yeah, and like without all of that, like I want to get people's genuine stuff. Do you guys remember the show Taxi Cab Confessions? I loved that show. Like, what happened? Where's that show? Why, like, you know, I, I watched The Office and um, my lady put it on and I watched it. I was like, oh, this is really funny. Getting people's like genuine reaction in this one little intimate shot. Like, this is genius. So I wanted to take something like that and I wrote the show Ready Steady Questions, which is, um, you know, I'm a social worker, so a big part of my day job was asking people pretty invasive questions. <laughs> so I wanted to make that entertaining and um, go in my own direction. And I wanted to write something that was timeless so that people, if they watch it in 10 years, it's still funny. So I targeted, you know, topics like horoscopes and uh, movies and no matter what, like, you know, things that are timeless. And uh, yeah, and I came up with very steady questions. And I launched a channel on Halloween and it took me about two years because I took about 30 New Yorkers and I filmed them and I asked them about a hundred questions each and I never edited video. I was, I took the approach of television, to be honest, every other show I did, you know, we filmed it and maybe it came out like two years later. So that's the approach that I took. And, uh, you know, in the two years of editing, I learned how to be a better editor, obviously, and, uh, how to put out entertaining stuff. And, I enjoy it and I'm hoping I can get into this little rat race. I would, you know, I did a lot. I gave 10 years of being a social worker to New York city mm. and being a foster care caseworker and a mental health caseworker and, uh, uh, you know, all types of advocating. And I want to try and put some of that towards me, you know, especially after the pandemic, you know, that's what I did. And, and I'm trying to, I'm getting ready to film season two of ready steady questions. So I'm looking for people if they're interested in being on camera. And yeah, that's that's where I'm at right now. Trying to get a following, uh, you know, trying to break that more than a hundred views for a video, <laughs> you know. Clan, I'll do it. We'll be on your show. We'll be on the show. We'll fly out. You got that good deep voice, that deep bear voice, you know. Mm. <laughs> you heard that, Jake? <laughs> He's like, mm. I don't want to fucking hear that. Don't fucking, don't ever re-verify something like that with me again, ever. Oh no, Jake, you should. You both should be on camera, man. Yeah, I think we'd kill it. 
I think yeah. we would kill it. And, and I, I do want to eventually start a Patreon. I want to get to that point one day. I want to start immediately with a Patreon, but I realized, oh, you can't do that without a following. <laughs> so, true. Yeah. yeah. We just we did a lot of things out of order. But that's almost like the way to go. Yeah, that's that's what I like about what we're doing and, and what you're doing now with Ready Steady Productions. It's all genuine, right? There, there's no producer behind me or or behind Jake saying, no, we can't use that shot. Oh, we can use whatever the fuck we want. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then like, I like that because like, if I'm behind the camera, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to retake that question. It's like so often I'll say to someone, like one of the questions on the show is what's your favorite part of your body? You know what I mean? And Clay, Jake, they always say like, I like a guy's hands or I like his dick. Or I'm like, wait, that's, <laughs> that's not what I asked. You. That's not the question. <laughs> Yeah, and, and that's okay. It still makes for comedy gold. So you, you just kind of let people go. Or, you know, if you're behind the camera, you're able to just say, you know, let me retake that. So is there any uh, upcoming um, projects or anything that you're, you're particularly looking forward to or just season two for Ready Steady Productions? Yeah, uh, thus far, we are putting up a week, uh, excuse me, we are putting up an episode every week of Ready Steady Questions. So I'm able to continue that. There are at least a dozen episodes up at this point. Um, come April, like I will be out of episodes and I will have more episodes in the queue. I like to have things in queue. So like, you know, every week I have episodes ready to be up and up, like, you know, just new content weekly. So youtube.com uh, slash um, Chris Rocket is my personal channel where I do stuff like this, where I talk to uh, Clay and Jake and we discuss different types of things and we um, go through, you know, whatever we want to talk about and, I talked to people with really interesting jobs. I had a stripper turn maid on last week. Whoa. Very entertaining video. Yeah, and then I and uh, I, that's what I'm aiming to do stuff like because I noticed that a lot of times the audience will pick what they want you to do, and people have been coming to me and saying I love your podcast, and I'm like I don't have a podcast, but I, I guess I do have a podcast. I guess I do now. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I do now. Uh, so, you know, at this point, I'm trying to do stuff like that. And then Ready Steady Questions is also up every week. So every week, both channels should be having content spewed out. Are you only on YouTube or can our audience find you somewhere else? Yes, we're also on Instagram at We Love Chris Rocket and Instagram at Ready Steady Questions. TikTok, We Love Chris Rocket and TikTok, Ready Steady Questions. Please like, subscribe, check us out, follow our stuff. Uh, I, I promise to make you laugh at least once. That's a Chris Rocket guarantee. No money back, though. Yeah, no, no, yeah. No money back. Get out of here. Come on If now. you can't, if it fails <laughs> to make you laugh, that's tough. Maybe you should be more open to humor. Do you guys have a Patreon? We do have a Patreon. We have we have one Patreon supporter. <laughs> Jason, you are the fucking man. The fucking man, bro. Keeping this oh, production afloat. See, that's what I'm talking about. See, I always said to myself, if I reach 5,000 subscribers on YouTube, I will make a Patreon because at least, what, a thousand of them will come to the Patreon. Yeah. But who the fuck knows? Who knows? <laughs> Jason, keeps, Jason keeps us afloat. So thank you, Jason. Jason pays for everything. He's our sugar daddy. He's like, so he's the executive producer. <laughs> yeah, pretty yeah, much. Essentially. But yeah, that's, that's where I can be found. And I hope you guys check me out. Yeah, I think um, I think that's a really cool idea, and I, I like your I like your notion that you want to uh, film people's genuine reactions. I haven't done another episode yet. There's only been one. Kind of still feeling it out how it goes, but um, it's triple take with Jake, and it's where I just ask three strangers three questions, and in the moment, it's very genuine. It's random. And it really catches people off guard. So there's not a whole lot of time to compose themselves prior to. I love casting because people always hit me with, can I see the questions? What are you going to ask? I'm like, absolutely fucking not. You will not see the questions. Are you out of your fucking mind? Whore. <laughs> yeah.
Well, ah, thanks for listening done. to Let Me Ask You, the podcast. I'm sure this is not the last you'll see of Chris Rock. Podcast. Let me ask if you're looking for us on socials, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Patreon, YouTube. You can find us and in a lot in of places. And in Clay's back hair. We're in there too. You can also find us in Clay's back hair. Uh, you cannot find us in Jake's mustache as it was tragically shaven over nope, the weekend. still here, baby. You can see it. All right, Chris, before we let you go, what's one of your controversial hot takes? Go. One of my controversial hot takes? Yeah, don't oh. think, just say. All right, so I've lost belief in ghosts after learning about near-death experiences. Near-death experiences show that there's life after death, and they often say that this earth is the hell. Can I just say that there are no near-death experiences? Either you die or you live, and that's it. There is no near-death experiences. What about the times where you Jake, almost die? Jake, do not interrupt yeah. me while I'm doing this, okay? <laughs> do not times you almost die. You see me in my microphone right now. You see me? Okay, well, I'm in mine, too. Okay? So guess Listen what? It's a 50-50 show. Okay.